Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening. Welcome to the Mackers Run. Great to be back with you after several days off under the weather. Laryngitis is not fun. Uh, but I want to thank, uh, it is for those who don't like the sound of my voice. It was very fun for those who just didn't like me, don't like me speaking. Um, they got their dream come true over the last four days, four or five days. Uh, but thanks to Jordan Canales for filling in. Um, this is the Macca's run, all for McDonald's. Try the new quarter pounder bacon at Macca's today. Uh, your say on the news of the day is what this show is all about, and there is plenty to get through. You can do that on the Harcourts open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Your move your Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts. A text in 0433-981116 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Hope you've had a good day as you possibly can. How have you been putting it in? Wherever you've been putting it in, it is wonderful to have you on board for the Macca's run, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us on the SEN network. Big show, big hour to spend with you, uh, Dermot Brereton taking over at seven for the conversations that could. Um, two-time Essendon Premiership star, one of their greats, Darren Buick, is going to join us to give us his take as a past player on the events of the last 36 hours at the Essendon Footy Club and maybe the events at the Essendon Footy Club for a while going back. Uh, so it be great to speak to Darren Buick and looking forward to speaking you, to you as well. Um, I want to start with this as a theme for what I'd want to ask you about and what I want to talk to you about tonight. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to do what you all think I'm going to do, which is just flip out! <laughs> well, let me, just, let me just say, as I ease out of the office I helped build. I'm sorry, but it's a fact that there is such a thing as manners. A way of treating people. These fish have manners. These fish have manners. In fact, they're coming with me. I'm starting a new company and the fish will come with me. Uh, don't be surprised if if and when Ben Rutten gets that tap on the shoulder that 36 hours uh, or 48 hours now have gone past and we've still got no official word of what's happening with Ben Rutten. Don't be surprised if that's maybe uh, the way that he eases himself out of the office. Take the fish, Ben. Take the fish. Because this is a story that we're seeing time and time again with coaches and the way in which they are unceremoniously dumped from the game and the way in which they are dumped from the game. I think this is starting to become a bit of a blight on the AFL in the way that we treat our coaches on the way out the door. And there'd be so many of them over recent years that would be entitled to take the fish. 
and that number grows and grows and grows. Gary and Tim spoke about the treatment of Ben Rutten. We all understand the, uh, the Essendon story. It was um, a debacle. Uh, against Port Adelaide on the weekend. There were eruptions that were starting already in the lead-up to that. Uh, Paul Brasher had indicated that he would step down. A lack of support uh, felt like he was being undermined. Uh, the internal review, some wanted external. The lure of Alistair Clarkson, perhaps, as well. Uh, and in the end, he has stepped down um, and uh, is no longer the uh, the president of the Essendon Football Club. Dave Barham is now in that role. Um, the... Reporting is that Essendon have reached out to Alistair Clarkson's management to gauge his interest. So where does that all leave Ben Rutten, who at the moment is just standing there waiting for what seems to be the inevitable? But what a humiliating position for him to be in. Gary and Tim spoke about the treatment of Ben Rutten today. So like yesterday, yeah, we sit here yesterday morning and the whole yes, yep. situation had exploded. So then you go, okay, it's a cutthroat industry and Ben Rutten would appear to be the collateral damage and all this. And whilst it's sad for Ben, that's just the way footy goes and he won't be the, he's not the first, won't be the last, all that sort of stuff. He rocks up at training while we're on air at six o'clock and, you know, faces the press mm. good on him. And I think the expectation is, okay, once you get in there, David Barham, uh, Xavier Campbell, whoever it is, will sit down with him and say, right, let's be upfront and honest. This is a situation. We're going hard at Alistair Clarkson, which essentially is a vote of no confidence in you. Right. Um, now, you can either elect... Yeah, we won't be going with you next year, irrespective of what happens, I would imagine. So you can elect... Uh, we can make a statement. To, nothing. Nothing happened. He went out. We saw right. pictures of him coaching. We, he's gone through the day. I don't know how he can... Good on him. He's conducted. Mm. Zach Merritt was asked about it last night. I was like, oh, well, you know, we tried to... He put his chest up and his head high and good on him. Six o'clock, he walked out. The same presser there. You think you're coaching next year? Yeah, I do. That must be... To me, I've, that, that, is, that would just be incredibly humiliating, the way in which this is unfolding for Ben Rutten. So Essendon, we know that this club seems to be at odds with itself from the board to the footy department, players to the coach. The vision of Nick Hind ignoring the coach, that's damning for Rutten maybe, but it's worse for Hind and it's worse for the playing group. I don't care if you like the coach or not. You've got to have some respect, don't you? You're part of a playing group that's barely shown up for the year. You've refused to defend or pressure for the whole year. You've embarrassed the club on how many occasions on the field, yet you don't have time to hear some instructions from the coach. And that's just one little example. We always wondered whether Essendon was an attitudinal issue, uh, because defence is an attitude thing. We get told that by ex-players. Or if it's a syst uh, systematic thing uh, of the team's attitudes towards the coach. Or if it's, you know, the, the, they're just not getting the message. Something obviously had to give. But it really annoys me that week in, week out, and it's just, this isn't a crack at the players, but it's never the players' fault, is it, when a team loses? We get the talkback line on the hardcore's open line. It's always, oh, the umpires, or the coach has got no idea, or the game plan's not right. It, it never seems to be that we ever blame the players for a, a loss or, or a bad season. If they continue to... On a game, it might be that it's the umpire's fault. If it continues to happen, it's the coach's fault, or it's the fitness boss, or it's the head of footy, or it's the head of recruiting. We don't really hold the players accountable on the outside looking in, do we? If I was if I was the list boss and the players were behaving like they were for this season, for Essendon, then I'd be finding new players. But we know it's easier to sack a coach than it is to sack a playing group. But the way we treat coaches, I reckon, is pretty shameful. We cotton wool the players, and that's not a dig at them. But if we treated the players like we treated coaches, there'd be an AFL-PA mutiny. There would be uprising and upheaval, the likes of which would be unprecedented. 
We've seen how Teague's been treated. Noble in recent years. Even Clarkson, the way he was treated on the way out by the Hawks. GWS and Cameron, I think, did it well. But how many others do you think did it well? Crash Craddock spoke to Jared Waitley during the week about the worrying trend of what happens to coaches after they've been tossed on the scrap heap, the battles that they suffer after the game has unceremoniously gotten rid of them. And it was in light of the Paul, Paul Green's tragic suicide. He referenced several AFL coaches who had had their struggles, including Danny Frawley, and there's many others. So you sort of hope that the AFL Coach Association start to take a stand on this, and they take a stand soon. It's an unforgiving job. It's a brutal job. Yes, it pays well, and there's all kinds of things that comes with it. But it ends quickly, and it ends unceremoniously for most. I reckon we need to treat our coaches a little better. There's an old saying. You find out who someone really is by the way that they break up with you. Now, if I was Clarko, I don't know if I'd take either of these two jobs. Have a look at how these two teams either have just broken up with someone, North Melbourne included, and how Essendon appears to be breaking up with Ben Rutten. Ben Rutten is being told his club is actively hitting on someone else, actively trying to pick up, actively trying to be with someone else. And instead of coming clean, they seem to be ghosting him. And he's still turning up. Still being the good boyfriend, still being the good partner, the nice guy. He's committed, he's there. He's turning up, he's showing up. And we're all the bad guys. You'd hate being the friend that has to tell the friend, don't you? That their partner's cheating on him. But we're the bad guys saying, hey, mate, this is, they're, they're doing the dirty on you. And he doesn't want to hear it. And this is how he has to leave work last night. Have you been getting any insurance on your job? No, nope. I've been doing my job and. Preparing the players for this week. Are you any clearer on where you're at now than you were this morning? No, no, no I don't need it. I'm uh, here to finish this week off and finish this season off. Do you expect to be here next season? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think it is all well and truly clear that that is not what's going to happen. Because even if they don't get Alistair Clarkson, how can you then go back and look this guy in the face and say, you know what, we thought about hooking up with someone else, but then we couldn't get the person we wanted, so we'll settle for you. Who in their, what, in their right mind is going to want to be okay and is going to be okay with that kind of relationship? That relationship is done. And we've got to find a better way of breaking up with our coaches because the way that we treat them at the moment says a lot more about the clubs and the game than it says about the coaches. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number. Uh, Michael... First cab off the rank from Collingwood. G'day, Mick. Good evening. How are you? Good, thanks. Mate, I, if I can take a minute or so of your time, there's a couple of um, examples I want to um, mention, um, but also I want to talk about Essendon. One thing they're forgetting about uh, Essendon is they made the finals last year in his first year. Absolutely. Uh, and they they don't seem to take well to outsiders, what they did to Matthew Knights, but... Um, I think, like, what you said, blame the players, they don't get blamed, but, but there was a vibe that there was instability at the administration level, and that filters down to the players, and then they do play badly, you know, and, 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 and the, the lack of, say, support uh, amongst everybody for the structure, for the coach, for the players, for everybody else, it filters in and it starts to play on their minds. Um, so I feel sorry but again, for the that's just make, that's just making another excuse for the players. And I'm not, again, I'm not having a go at the players. I'm not saying that they should be, you know, treated poorly because they're losing. But Ben Rutten's not out on the field with them. He's not out on the field refusing to tackle and refusing to defend. So no, I'm not saying into... I'm, I'm not saying that we should be abusing or treating the players poorly. Far from it. I'm very pro player. 
But it's amazing how we just don't even want to look at the fact that it could be the playing group, whether it be a loss on the weekend, it's the umpire, oh, the coach didn't know what they were doing, oh, the fitness staff aren't getting them right, oh, the recruiters aren't getting the right players. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, but what I'm saying, like the players, they, they, they feel the vibe of, of instability and it, they go into self-preservation mode and be lazy and trying to kick the goal. But I'll, I'll just remind you about one of our best coaches, the greatest coaches ever uh, in uh, Tom Hafey. When he was treated exactly the same way at the Sydney Swans, he was advised to go to work every day in Sydney's office, even though he wasn't employed, because that way uh, the Sydney Swans couldn't use a technicality that by not turning up he actually quit and then at the pain. And that's that's what exactly. And I think that's what it's a great point you make, Michael, and I think that's exactly what Ben Rutten has to do. He can't resign because there's the the numerical uh, disadvantage that that would put him at. So you make a great point, and I thank you for, for raising it. I think that speaks to, again, little Tommy Hafey, uh, to his character, and also it speaks to the character of Ben Rutten as well. This would be humiliating, but he is rocking up. Uh, Jono's in Sunshine. G'day, Jono. G'day. Oh, I've been listening to what you've been saying, and I cannot agree more wholeheartedly about what you've said. If I... If, if the Essendon players come out this week and just grow a leg, I will spew. Because this happens time and time and time again where the players let down their coach and then when it's, it goes, they go into self-preservation preservation mode and they grow a leg for their own self-interest. And it is shocking. And it has happened so often and so often and never is the finger pointed at the players and the boards that make these appointments and then as soon as it gets a bit difficult, they want to just, well, we'll cut and run now because the media says this and the media says that. We need to bail out of this. It is absolutely disgusting how they treat these gentlemen, right? And this bloke, I've never been a fan of Ben Rutten. I've never known him. I've never spoken about him. I'm not an Essendon supporter. The fact he's going in there and acting like an absolute gentleman, doing what he's been asked to do, just makes him an absolute superstar. Let everyone go around him. Let everyone sort of go on. Mm. If Clarkson wasn't available, would they have done this? Would they have I, done I don't it? think so. I don't think so. Not the way that it's done yeah. now. I, I think the spectre of Clarks and John, it's a great point you make, hangs so large over the competition that it causes clubs to act almost uncharacteristically of themselves. But again, you you find out a lot about who someone is by the way that they break up with someone. And if you were Clarko looking at these two teams right now, how many coaches are they going to sack after just a couple of years at the helm? Stability. You know, are you in this? When the going gets tough, are you gonna are you gonna sidle up and get a bit closer and grab a jumper and be tighter with me, or are you gonna cut and run like you have with the last however many other coaches for North Melbourne? It's several for Essendon. I think Luke Hodge even spoke about it today um, in regards to North Melbourne and Essendon, and I'll play that audio a little later. Um, Hodgie was fantastic today speaking about Clarko, uh, a man that he knows very, very well. Uh, Luke, Steve, Jack and Steve, stay right there and I'm going to come back and get your calls on the other side of this. Darren Buick to join us after 6.30. This is the Macca's Run. Try the quarter pound of bacon at Macca's today. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. 
with special sauce and juicy beef. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. I, I still think he's a good suitor. Like if you if you match up the two, um, if you look at North Melbourne, he's got he's got five years of grace. He's got five years of bringing the people who he wants um, in threes if they're still developing. Like North Melbourne have had a a poor record for the last four or five years. They need a change. They need someone to come in. And Clarko's the person to come in to bring sponsors, to bring members, to bring hope and and positive positivity going to the future. If you go to Essendon, all of a sudden, that five-year grace isn't there. Essendon are a team that wants success. They're desperate for success. And if you look, they got rid of Knights because he wasn't doing the job after two years. Um, obviously, whatever with Hurdy. But then, worst fold, they weren't happy with Worsold because he wasn't getting there quick enough. Ben Rutten made the finals in his first year, and now in the second year they're trying to get rid of him. So this grace of, of Essendon, and, and don't forget the old Hawthorne Essendon rivalry from the members. As soon as yeah. it gets into maybe second year or into his third year, where if they if they haven't made the finals, who who what about these Essendon supporters thinking? I'll go back to Hawthorne. We should have kept Rutten. Um, so yeah, there's there's still a bit to play out, even though the um, as far as a, a media and entertainment point of view, looking from afar, it's it's made a little bit spicy. That was Luke Hodge speaking to Jerry Waitley today, SEN.com.au, to hear the full chat. It's a must-listen every time the four-time comes on. Um, he also said that if he was North Melbourne, he wouldn't be putting a deadline on Clarko. It won't go your way. Um, North Melbourne wanted an indication by the end of today about where Clarko was at with his decision. Uh, getting back to your calls, Luke from Croydon. G'day, Luke. G'day. Um, I disagree with, uh, actually, with uh, Luke Hodge about uh, about Warsfold because he actually left because he wanted to go back to Western Australia. Okay. Uh, they they um yeah I'd have to go back and do some reading on that. I thought there was a uh, there, I thought there was a little bit more to it than that, but I'll, I'll take your word for it, Luke, and I'll go back and do some reading on it. Yeah, and him and he he actually wanted to go back to Western Australia because his family had business interests over there. Okay. Uh, anything else on your mind, Luke? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think, I think I may have said this the other night, but I think uh, the Doro has to go. They're head of, they're head of recruiting. It's his mistakes that have put us in this situation. It'll be interesting to see, Luke, how that pans out and whether Ben Rutten is the only person that the uh, the new president or new chair is going to want to um, maybe replace or do something different in that space with. Steve's in Parksdale. G'day, Steve. G'day, mate. Um, I, first, I'll say is Essendon member for 50 years, mate. So yep. we've, I've yep. gone through a period of yeah, 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 all the yeah, celebrations of the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s. But yeah, what we were just saying before, yeah, obviously... That board just keeps passing the baton. Russia was on the board for you know, 15 years. They passed it to him. You know, Dave Barham, you know, or you know, whatever his name is, you know, he's yeah, been on the board name, for Dave seven Barham. years. Right? So, so now they've passed it to him. He's been on the board for seven years. So you know, they just keep passing the baton to failed board members that have been there before. Right Now, from externally looking in, they sit there and they say, OK, well, Ben Rutten's not the man. Right, The way that they're treating him... You know, ex- externally, doesn't look great, but we don't know what conversations I've had with him. And, you know, I haven't been a fan of Rutten, but in saying that, I respect the man and admire the man for fronting up. 100% players should take responsibility. 
But let's not underestimate, and you're in this too, but not you personally, but um, the, the media, we say the way we treat coaches, the way the media treats coaches, you, you can't underestimate that. He's been hammered all year. Kingy, Cornsey, Rewalt, Brown, uh, everyone's into coaches all year about how poor they are. And it just builds up pressure and builds up pressure and builds up pressure. Steve, is there, and then, is there a difference between, just on that, is there a difference between what is just critique of game plan and, and performance or there are those who start to say, well, that, you know, he should be gone or he, I don't like that we, you know, I don't like the calling for people to be sacked as often as we do. But, I, it, but there is a difference between critiquing performance and, and then those who say, well, you know, his position's under threat now. Yeah, I'll give you a perfect example, right? So a couple of weeks ago when Hine came to the bench, and I, I actually looked at that, mm. um, and I thought to myself, that's totally disrespectful, mm. right? I looked at it and I thought, as an Essendon supporter, from a leadership perspective, I thought, that is so poor, and it's been on the media all week, right? L on the weekend, if anyone took the time to look at it, eh, I didn't, you know, back to Hind again, he kicks a goal, 40 points behind, he runs to the boundary line, he high-fives Ben Rutten, they high-five each other. I looked at it and thought, why are you high-fiving each other and you're 50 points down? But I thought two weeks ago you couldn't look at the bloke, um, but you've high-fived each other, yep. so you, you've restored something. But I thought, you know, if you're going to show he's not looking at him, let's show he's high-fiving him too. Um, so I just think there's... Yeah, sometimes, yeah, well, not sometimes. Yeah, the media, obviously, it's, we're, we're here to get the stories, which is great, um, and play a massive part in footy. But from a coaching personnel or from a game plan, you know, he's, he's copped a fair bit of execution all year. Um, and the one thing I would say is, you know, he, Hey Steve, yeah, well, we're just gonna we're just running yeah. up to the ad break here that I no, can't no, move, mate. So I, I hate to no, have no, to Thanks, hate to have to chop you off. I really appreciate the call and thank you for the points that you're making. Darren Buick's going to join us next, but Jack, Steve, and Kent, I'll try and get your calls just before we get to Darren Buick, who's up next. Macca's run. Welcome to the Macca's run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, welcome back or to the Macca's Run, whichever category you fit into. Either way, it's wonderful to have you on board, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us. Make sure you try the quarter pound of bacon at Macca's today. You can call at any time on the Harcourt's open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your move, your Harcourt. Darren Buick standing by, but Jack on the road has been waiting really patiently to have his say uh, on the Ben Rutten situation. Jack, fire away, mate. Um, ben Ratton, um, A1 gentleman, A1 coach. When they picked him to be coach, he was the understudy to the previous coach. Now, John Morsfold. Yeah. That's right. Now, you're telling me that the actual board made a big mistake. Now, the board should be sacked, a whole lot of them. The thing is, the players themselves have to take total responsibility for their inconsistency. Now, the way they play football when they're winning is second to none. Their game plan's fantastic. They, they, they take risks. They go forward. They attack, attack. I, I tell you now, there's something more wrong 
at Essendon than Ben Rutten. And whatever it is, it's deep within the players themselves. Now, you've got to understand one thing. Alison Clarkson will come over and, like you said, if he doesn't create some finals appearances within two years, I'll tell you, two years or even next year, thanks, Essendon, Essendon supporters are so frustrated, they are so impatient that they want, and they think once they get Alistair Clarkson, they'll be in the finals next year. It just doesn't happen. Clarkson should go to North Melbourne because of that five-year plan. I tell you now, if Clarkson goes to Essendon, he'll be sacked within three years. Jack, strong stuff. I appreciate the call. one 736 Uh Just quickly, Steve, because Darren Buick is ready and raring to go. But, Steve, you've been waiting for a while. Steve, uh, quickly fire away, mate. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Sam. Look, uh, you, just, you touched base before that North Melbourne treated, treated um, David Noble in, in the same fashion as Essendon. I, I, I didn't say in the same bit... fashion. I just said that the, the way overall that we're treating coaches at the moment and how we unceremoniously yeah. dump them out the door, I think, is yeah, a disappointment well, to our game. I understand what you're saying, but David Noble was, a, was an employee of the Kangaroos. He was, there was no contract in place. It was, it was a rolling contract. Um, and performer ba- it was more of a performance-based uh, sort of type contract, which the year before, um, the, the performance of the Kangaroos wasn't that great, and it actually got worse. So mm-hmm. if you're going to compare, like, I understand what you're saying, but if you're going to compare it to Ben Rutten, it's, it's way, way, way different. He made finals a year, a, a year ago, and he's still contracted for 2023. So, um, yeah, I think it's a little bit different in that sense. Appreciate the call, Steve. Yeah. Thanks very much. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Our feature guest of the night is a man who knows the Essendon Footy Club uh, as well as any a uh, two-time premiership player with them. One of the most exciting players of his time at the Bombers and in the game at the time as well. And he's been good enough to jump on the phone with us, Darren Buick. Hello, mate. Go, Sam. How you going? Yeah, very well. Nice to talk to you again. Um, you too. I, I wish it was in, I suppose, more positive <laughs> circumstances, and I'm sorry. Um, that it's not, but I greatly appreciate you coming on and, and having a chat from the perspective of a past great uh, of the club, 238 games, 332 goals. What have you made of the last, I suppose, 72 hours since since Sunday? Oh, look, it's. Um, I think it's just a result of you know a couple of performances that have been substandard, and um, you know, you know, as a past player, you you want the club to be successful, and and that's been a long time now, so. Um, you know, whether it's players, whether it's coaching, whether it's admin, whether it's support staff, football staff, um, I think, you know, you know, I support the club and follow the club and I think something's got to change. And I'm not saying it's the coach, I'm not saying it's that at all, but, you know, we're, we're a strong traditional club that's used to success and um, we haven't had any for a long time. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful that whatever's been put in place and, and, you know, is going to occur over the next whatever time, whether it be a change in, in staff or, or whatever. Um, you know, I'm like a lot of Essendon supporters and, you know, I've heard them on your radio station, you know, with a lot of passion, wanting some change and wanting some success. And ultimately, that's all football clubs are after, success. When you've been watching them this year, um, what have you made of them? What, what's been the thing that's stood out to you most, Darren, when you've been watching the Bombers this year? Oh, terribly frustrating. Um, and terribly inconsistent. 
Um, I just heard one of your callers there say, you know, when they're up and about, their ball movement and, and that type of thing is, is second to none, and it is. But, the, you know, and I don't know why reasons they go away from that. Um, you know, I, I like to see teams going forward and taking the game on and, and that sort of thing. And when when the, this Essendon group do that, they look good, but they don't do it too often. Um, and whether that's a, a coaching thing or a player's mindset, a player's you know scared of failing when they're trying to go forward with the ball and making a mistake, well, you're only going to get better if you put yourself in a position to fail. And I think sometimes we, we being Essendon, play too safe and 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 don't take the game on enough, which you know these days the best teams do. It's we've been having a conversation tonight on the show, Darren, about. And not that I, and I've made a, a strong point to say that I don't want players to be to, to cop abuse for, for bad performance or things like that. But I always find it interesting how when a game doesn't maybe go a team's way, well, it's you know that's the umpires or it's this or it's that. And then if a season hasn't gone well, it's definitely the coach. And there's no it doesn't seem to be as uh, the same accountability on players. Um, we've got a situation in footy at the moment where we just the the moment we decide that a coach is surplus. I mean, it is as unceremonious and, and ungracious as it can possibly be most of the time. Some clubs do it well, but by and large, it is ruthless and it's not pretty. Um, do you feel for Ben Rutten in, in this situation that he's currently in, just sitting sort of waiting for the phone to ring? Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. I mean, it's not a position you'd love to be in. And, mm. and, I, and I agree with you that, you know, ultimately, and, it's, and it doesn't happen in footy because the coach goes, it ultimately comes down to the players. And whether they whether they can you know execute a game plan or whether they can follow instructions, um, those sort of things. You know what we don't know. Looking at is what the instructions are or what the game plan is. And and unfortunately, it doesn't whether it's the players not being able to execute it. It doesn't it doesn't look to be a a sound game plan or a consistent game plan. And whether that's as again as, as I said before, whether the players can execute it or whether they understand it. Um, you know that, that that looks to be a problem. So, um, you know, it is the players who go out and they perform, but ultimately, as as history shows, that the the coach will cop it in the neck at the end, um, and the players keep going. Um, you know, the the worrying fact for me is these players have been there for a while through a number of coaches now and haven't been able to to perform. So, um, you know, I think ultimately it comes back to the players, and that's. That's disappointing for me to say, being an ex-player. But mm. um, you know, I want the players out there to be successful and play a brand of football that you know a lot of Essendon play, uh, a lot of Essendon people want to go and watch. When you're a player, so it's interesting you talk about. Okay, so is the game plan just bad, or are they refusing to play it? Now, the, the 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 general consensus has been this year that at times. Essendon seem to refuse to defend or buy into the defensive side of the game. Their pressure ratings, they've got several of the lowest pressure ratings for games throughout the course of the year. Um, on days where it's good, it's really good. But but a lot of times this year, we've been just pointing out, saying, look how easy you are to score against. There's just These are witch's hat sort of things. So what's worse? Is it when... Because when you're a player and you get told this is the game plan, surely you just do it because you're told to do it, but not doing it because you don't like it or don't want to. It's hard to try and find which one's worse. Do you have a view? Um, look, they can, have, they can have the best game plan they they can put it towards the players, and, and a lot of teams do, but ultimately it comes down to the players being able to execute it. But, mm. but more importantly, it, it comes down to their effort to try and do... You know, 
if they're having a crack trying to do the right thing, then then I don't think there's much you know complaint. But um, the coach isn't there to coach effort. They're not there to coach effort. They're there to try and beat a team, an opposition team every week. But basically, they have a basic game plan that they can keep falling back to. If things go wrong during the day, then you know tactically you can adjust and, and try and put other things in place to to negate opposition and, and those sort of things. But it, I, I think what a lot of people are getting disappointed with is when they get beat, the effort is is zero. And, and I'm trying to be as... Oh, I'm being harsh, but I'm just being honest that, yeah. you know, I go and I've got kids that go watch and they go, oh, God, let, let's go. You know, and this is, you know, halfway through a third quarter or, or something like that because they're not seeing a team that's having a crack. And, and unfortunately, and as harsh as that might seem, it doesn't matter what sort of game plan you got. If you don't have a crack and, and put in effort, then you're going to get the results that, unfortunately, we've got for a majority of the year and over, you know, a fair few years. Speaking of two-time Premiership bomber Darren Buick uh, about the events that have occurred since Sunday uh, at his old footy club. So what would you like to see happen from here, Darren? Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a new president now. Um, there's the talk that the the feelers have gone out to Clarkson, so Ben Rutten's just sort of waiting there. You know, I, I made the analogy before that everybody's telling him that his partner's cheating, but uh, he's still fronting up, refusing to believe it, um, which... It, it, I think he knows what's going on, but he has to keep rocking up and until he gets told otherwise. Um, that's the way things have got to go. What would you like to see happen from here? Oh, look, I think the whole the whole football department, I think the whole football club needs to be looked at. Um, again, we just go, well, no success, uh, no wins. It's the coach's fault. Is, is it just his fault? Is, has he got the right people around him? Has he got the right support? Are the people, you know... And again, I'm... I'm just looking as everyone else from the outside looking in, you know, it, it can't just be one person. It, you know, it, I think the, the club, it looks to be um, fractured in a lot of ways that people are doing one thing and, and saying another and, and those sort of thing. And I think um, I'm really hopeful that, you know, the new president comes in, David Barham, and, and gets that unified look that, it, you know, that any successful organisation has, um, you know, it, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, you know, I think the, I think the list is overrated. I think it's overrated internally, um, and therein lies the problem. But I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a, a quick fix. And you know, as good as Alistair might be coming as a coach, you know, it, it's not something that he's going to come and be a messiah in the next two years and and fix up. Mm. You know, I, I think they've got to go right. This is where we're at, and be really honest in where where we're at, and go right. This is what we need to do. These are the people we need in place, and and have all those people going in the one direction. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's not just it's not just one aspect of the football club. I think there's a lot of areas of that football club that need to be brought into line, need to be reviewed and looked at, and, and examined really closely, and and made you know some really you know, in, in terms they're going to be tough decisions to make, but you know. I'm like a lot of Essendon people. It's been 20 years, 22 years mm. since they've had success. You know, 20, or nearly 20 years since they've won a final. Yeah. Um, and that's not what Essendon people think, and that's not what our club's about. So I think there's a lot of things that need to go, and I'm, I'm really hopeful that the, the the new president sees that. And, you know, I, I know David just a little bit, and I, I'm sure that, you know, he's got a plan that to be put in place to make the football side of things successfully. I, 
you know, it's great that we're successful, you know, commercially and things like that. We've got 85,000 members, nearly 100,000 members, but get it right on the football field and get success on the football field and those things that go through the roof even more. So yeah. I think the football side of things needs to be looked after really carefully um, because that's that's what brings success and that's what brings you, you know, success on and off the field. Hey, I've got to let you go, Darren, but and I don't I don't want to beat up on Nick Hind here. Um, many others have and, and, and have given their view on that vision and we're only just seeing a piece of it. Don't know the before, don't know the after. But on that vision alone, if Kevin Sheedy had to called you over to the bench in your playing days and said, sit here and have a listen to me, and you had to look the complete other way and ignored him totally, how would that have gone down? Uh, probably, I probably, he wouldn't be coaching me the next week. I think the reserves coach might have been coaching me. Um, yeah. I, I, again, I don't know the full story of it, but, um, you know, the, words, the, the vision didn't look great for the young fella, but um, I'm sure they've spoken about it, hopefully, and, and they can move on. Uh, it's been an absolute thrill to speak to you again, Darren. Thank you so much, mate. Greatly appreciate it. I hope the next time we chat, it's about uh, more positive things. Let's hope so. Good on you, Sam. Have a good night. Uh, the two-time Premiership bomber, Darren Buick, getting a great response from hearing him uh, on the Maccas run with us. We do it all for the new quarter pounder. You can try the quarter pounder bacon at Maccas today. Some callers lining up. We've got about three minutes left in the show. Uh, I was going to bring you some more audio, but this is uh, your say on the news of the day. So, Dean, Peter, Mark, I'll get to you on the other side of this. Welcome to the Maccas run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. And while you're there, try the quarter pound of bacon at Macca's today. Uh, time to finish up with some of your calls. Dean's in Caroline Springs. Dino, hello, mate. Good day, Sam. How are you? Good, thank you. That's all right. Uh, yeah, just talking about the Bombers. Uh, I'm obviously a passionate supporter um, of the Bombers. I've been for quite some time and... Um, yeah, look, I've uh, I've been listening to some of the callers that have been coming in, and you know, your your opinion on what's been happening with the whole thing that's been written on that. And um, I I can't agree with you anymore. With uh, obviously just the the way that the clubs handling this situation, mm. um, I think it's completely unfair. Um, mm. But I have to say that at the same time, I think that this is what the club this this actually as brutal as what this is, but this mm. this is what the club needs to do. Um, uh, I, I I think. Being a being a supporter, going to the games, watching um, watching them play on TV, um, there's something that is happening in the playing group. You can sort of see it, Sam. You can see in the uh, in the, I guess, you can see it in the players. Um, you know when the players are playing for it. You know mm. when the when the players just don't have it there. You can see it when they're doing their post post um, post commentary after the games. Um, there's just something dark going on in the club that we obviously, if we if we could be a fly on the wall, then you know we could tell tell a lot more. Yeah, there, things, there's but, um, there's well there's well documented reports, uh, Dean, about division in multiple areas of the footy club um, at the moment, and I I think it is a matter of if uh, we're making the break up analogy, if you want to go see other people, then tell him that you want to go see other people. Don't go and try and find a new coach, a.k.a. a new partner. And then if you can't, you go back and say, well, no, let's just go with you then, because that's not going to work either. So I just think it's about being open and honest, and maybe they have been, and maybe it's just that we don't know. But as he walked out last night, he's, I still expect to be coach next year. So if, as brutal as it sounds, if you do want to part ways, 
then just say, I want to part ways. Don't string the guy along like this. It is incredibly humiliating. Uh, appreciate the call, though, Dean, and thank you for it. Uh, Pete's in Essendon as we finish up. G'day, Pete. G'day, Sam. Good show tonight, Sam. Thank you. Now, Sam, you believe in the footy gods or karma? Listen, I'm an atheist in my day-to-day life, but if I was going to believe in any gods, it'd be the footy gods. <laughs> All right, I'll just take you back. And the sport to the... gods. I think there's. A, I think there are sport gods. Yeah, that's good on you, mate. Now I don't want to sound bitter, but that last game of Richmond and Geelong, that fiasco that happened, that brutal hit on Prestia. Right. Uh, they played on over him. They kicked the goal, and at the end, uh, they won by three points. I think the Karma bus will get Geelong here at the end. It's already started with Cameron, and uh, I think. Chris Scott will be uneasy that Richmond's still lurking around because the only team that's got the kryptonite to Geelong, it'll be Richmond with their game style and uh, some players are coming back, as we know. Look out, Geelong. The karma bus will get you. Well, I think there is there could be a thing of footy karma and footy gods, but I don't think it equates to celebrating in the injury to players. Uh, I'm not a big one for that, though, Pete. But who knows? You never know how these things will play out. You just never, ever know. And whatever you need to hang on to to get you through what's to come in September, which is going to be phenomenal. Uh, it's a massive final round. We'll talk more about it tomorrow night. It's been great to have your calls. There's been a ton of them. Mark, sorry I've run out of time um, for you, but we will speak to you tomorrow night if you give us a bell. Conversations that could with Dermot Brereton up next uh, and the driver's seat of course on tonight at 8 as well have a great evening Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas together and loving it. TNCs apply